Welcome to the How I Went Viral podcast. This show will tell you how to write better LinkedIn posts so that your ideal reader can see and read more of you. Every week, one LinkedIn author shares their strategies and tactics so that you can learn how to write better posts, and you will learn the background story behind their viral posts. Your host is the Hollywood-trained film script analyst, entrepreneur, and LinkedIn influencer, Simon Chapuzo. Hey, Claire. Welcome to the Royal Podcast Show, and very excited to have you here. Let's get started and let's talk about your LinkedIn game and everything you've learned and has discovered and that you can share with us. And maybe let's start with first talking about sort of what you do so our listeners have an idea of what the context is of your posting on LinkedIn. Yeah, sure. So I've been in HR for about 15 years. And I'm currently in a head of people role at ULife. So that really covers the whole employee life cycle. So if you think about anything to do with the employee, that's under my remit. So everything from the attraction, recruitment, EVP, kind of onboarding people, performance management, the, kind of the whole employee generalist um, kind of arena. So yeah, so that's what I'm doing at ULife. I've been there for six months now. And yeah, that's kind of how the, the post came about on LinkedIn. Very interesting that you issue on HR. And uh, tell our listeners, what, what does ULife do for the ones who don't know? Yeah, so ULife, well, their mission really is to try and disrupt the insurance industry. So we provide employers with insurance products, group life insurance, dental, all of that good stuff. But we also have this really kind of fun, vibrant well-being app, which en encourages people to walk more during their day, complete quests to earn new coin. So really like protecting lives through the insurance, but rewarding well-being kind of on a day-to-day -day basis. And the, the new coin that people can earn, they can spend it with our um, reward partners that are doing really good things like clearing the oceans of plastic, planting trees, providing food to families that kind of need it. Yeah, a really good kind of well-being initiative for employers to, to purchase for their staff. And we're not talking about a small startup here. You have, what, 200 people or something? I think we're kind of hovering around 250 at the moment. Growth has been quite significant in the last year. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, we're moving kind of out of the startup phase now. We're growing and establishing ourselves as a business. So, oh. yeah, a, a good position to be in. That's so, so interesting because one thing I'd love to learn more about uh, from you is how your LinkedIn game fits into the broader policy of the company because what I've seen is that a lot of people hold back when they work in a company and they're sort of like not really that visible on LinkedIn because they're afraid of violating some company policies. So maybe that's also something that uh, we can touch on in a minute. Yeah, sure. So I've been posting on LinkedIn for a number of years now. And the reason I post on LinkedIn is because I love networking with HR people. And it's a great way to really set up a trends in the HR market, find out what similar businesses are doing, share ideas, all of that good stuff. So I've posted on LinkedIn for a little while. And then when I started at ULife, I continued to do that. But I continued to, uh, when I started to share more about what I was doing at ULife, it was a brand new role and people are interested, different industry to what I've worked in before. Um, so just generally sharing what I was doing and providing updates, really. And from a ULife perspective, they've created this wonderful community on LinkedIn. So it felt completely natural for me to keep posting. You know, they encourage it. Let's talk about all the great things that we do at ULife. So very little restrictions um, in terms of what I can post. So did your LinkedIn game help you land that job or that sort of was completely independent? 
I think it was probably independent because at the time of starting at ULife, I had about 3,000 followers. It wasn't kind of a big deal. I was maybe getting 30 to 50 likes, a few comments on each post. So, you know, I didn't have a lot of followers. It wasn't kind of a significant kind of part. And yeah, I, I don't think it influenced my me getting the job at ULife. <laughs> so. Okay, cool. Then let, let's get into the evolution of your LinkedIn game. And you already mentioned you, you had 3,000 when you started Ulive. How did you evolve? What was your starting point? What were like milestones along the way, learning milestones and insights that you had? I think when I started at Ulife, I saw that people were encouraged to post on LinkedIn to kind of like share, comment, all of that good stuff on things that we were posting. So I decided to spend a little bit more time on there. Um, I was connecting with more people, as in building relationships. I'd probably done that for a, a kind of a few weeks before the viral post came about. But as I said, I still only had about 3,000 um, <laughs> followers on there. Mm. It wasn't huge. So... Yeah, I had just started kind of building relationships, commenting and that kind of thing before the post. And I think that was probably a little more interesting in, in my profile because I had just started a new role. It's interesting and people were kind of looking at what, what you life were doing as a, as a growing business. Okay. Because your style is quite unique, I think. You can spend hours on LinkedIn reading all these great tips of what to do and what not to do and to grow your network and how to post on the perfect hook line and whatnot. I mean, there's like endless content on that. And I kind of like what you said on our first call. We said like you don't follow any rules or you just do what you want. So tell me about your style and how you got there and uh, yeah. how that became your style that you don't have a style. Don't have a style. <laughs> well, you do. But, I do. Uh, it's your style. My freestyle. I've seen all of the posts around kind of how to become this LinkedIn influencer and, you know, there's lots of tips and advice and stuff. But I had always just posted at times that suited me, which was generally early in the morning, actually, around kind of half six in the morning or late in the evening when my son had gone to bed and, you know, quiet time in the evening. So I post at times that suit me and my lifestyle. And... I've always been interested in communication and how you write and how you share messages and that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm never one for writing kind of long paragraphs. I would always try and make my posts quite punchy, bullet points, throw some emojis in there, try and kind of make it fun. But that's just kind of my style. It's not because I'm looking at what other people are doing. I think just generally that's, that is how I share posts on LinkedIn. And yeah, I think... I, I don't post for likes. That was never my purpose on LinkedIn. You know, we talk about, is it a vanity measure and, nice. you know, all of that good stuff. And because I don't post for likes, I think I can kind of get away with posting when I want and being a little bit more flexible and having some freedom. I post to share my messages. Hey, this is what I'm doing in the HR world in the hope that people reciprocate and kind of share what they're doing and you kind of build those connections. So I think there's very little pressure on me to deliver in a certain way. I don't put pressure on myself to achieve anything kind of huge. I, I just, I talk about what I'm interested in. I talk about what I'm passionate about. I share stuff that I'm interested in it. So, hey, someone else might be interested in it, you know. So, yeah, yeah I think removing the pressure um, certainly helps. And do you write with any kind of a persona in your mind or you do yourself like a, an imaginative reader or how do you go about that? I think I'm more aware of that now <laughs> since the viral post and the kind of looking at my connections well, and 
Yeah, we spoke before and I said, you know, I feel like I have more of a responsibility now that I have more followers to make sure that, you know, I'm adding value and, and sharing stuff that people be interested in. But before the viral post, was I writing to a particular audience or per se? No. I was just simply writing in a style that I liked and that I would enjoy reading because I know that if there is kind of lengthy paragraphs, I would just skim over it and kind of move on. So, yeah, just always my writing style was just being what, what I enjoy myself. With creation, do you have sort of a content calendar or there's a list of topics that you want to talk about or a backlog of items or you get up in the morning and then you just sort of write what shoots in your head? It was literally that. So I generally wake up anywhere between half five and half six. I'm a massive reflector. So I would think about what's front of mind at the moment? What am I working on? Is there anything bothering me? Kind of what is taking up headspace? And I would share that in a way that, you know, I'd find is helpful for people. Obviously try and link it back to HR and people, behaviors, all that good stuff. But I would just literally write what is in my mind Never wow. had a content calendar, <laughs> never had a list of things. <laughs> and even with the new um, schedule option on LinkedIn, I don't really want to think ahead kind of three, five, seven days because who knows what I'll be thinking about. So the scheduling kind of option isn't really something that I'm particularly interested in. I just want to share what's yeah. real, what's happening for me right now, what's topical, what's relevant. And yeah, that's what I've done before. And that's what I'll continue to do. Okay, so no content calendar, no collection of ideas. It's really getting up in the morning or whenever something shoots in your head, you sit down and write it. Completely. I, I think I'm breaking all of the wow. the rules. It's <laughs> <laughs> shocking. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, I mean, as long as it works and um, gets you what you want, that's cool. So we already touched a little on it, but you said that within Life, there's zero sort of company policy of what you can do on LinkedIn. With viral posts that we're going to talk about in a minute, they came to even embrace what you do a little. Yeah, I think when I started at New Life, it was very much, hey, if you put, post something on LinkedIn and you'd like some love, we've got a Slack channel and you can post it in there and people can kind of like, comment and, you know, spread the word. But apart from that, it's really just an amazing LinkedIn community that you life have, have built. And that's it. I think, you know, the normal rules would apply around don't say anything defamatory and all of that good stuff. But that's not <laughs> written down anywhere. It's just kind of common Very sense, common right? common sense, yeah. So, yeah, there really, there is no restriction at all. And did you, have you found that your colleagues have joined you on LinkedIn or have become more active and you engage with them on your posts or maybe their posts as well? I think my colleagues were already really active <laughs> on LinkedIn way before I started at New Life. Have I influenced them in some way? I think, hey, if a post is getting that much attention, you know, people are going to sit up and look and go, hey, what did you do and how, to, how did it get that reaction? So I think there probably is a little bit of that, but I don't think I've massively changed the way that people post or interact on LinkedIn because they're also amazing at doing it anyway. Cool. Let's talk about your viral posts. I mean, you started posting on LinkedIn for how long and how far into your LinkedIn journey did the viral post happen? I had been posting for a number of years. I haven't really looked, to be honest. Um, I must have been on LinkedIn for a good 10 years, I guess. Okay. Had I been actively posting all that time? Probably not. I would say probably actively, you know, sharing stuff as a 
kind of HR professional maybe three years before that. Not a huge amount of time, but I guess long enough in, in the social media world. I had been posting for a little while, but not with any real intent. <laughs> just kind of like sharing my messages so yeah and when I posted the post that went viral it was a Friday night I literally sat there and thought hey this is pretty rubbish time to post this but <laughs> I was just sat on my own in the evening thought I'd share kind of what we'd done in the week and yeah so it all kind of took off from there Tell us more about the post in detail. I want to know everything. And for the listeners who haven't seen it, maybe can give a quick description of the post. Yeah, of course. Cool. So let me give you the context behind it. Life had created an event with Davina McCall around the menopause. Quite a taboo topic, um, something we wanted to raise awareness around. So this event was happening. And then someone came to me and said, Claire, I really think we should be doing more around how we support people within new life around these kind of topics. So I, I asked a, a group of people if they'd like to come together and start to talk about some of these things. So we were talking about menopause, menstruation at work, kind of all the taboo topics that you can think about that people struggle with at work. And one of the sessions we were talking about, we work primarily remotely and someone said, you know, when you want to work, but you're just not feeling great and you don't want to put your camera on. You maybe just want to have less meetings, but do more emails in that day. And I said, yeah, I, I get it. You know, I, I'm with you. And she said, why don't we create a template on Slack that says not feeling 100%. So you can just switch that on and people kind of understand that you're maybe not in the bed, best headspace and, you know, but want to work. I said, yeah, great idea. And then... We had another conversation and it kind of dawned on us that, do you know what, it's not just period pains or menopause. There's, there's so many reasons why you may not be feeling 100% but want to work. So, yeah, we explored that topic a little bit. It could be mental health problems. It could be that you've been, you know, you've suffered a bereavement. You've had some time off but come to work, but, you know, just want to take things easy. So many different reasons. And that was simply the post. So Friday, I said, hey, we've had some great conversations. We've introduced this Slack template, not feeling 100%. For the days when you want to work, but... And then I kind of listed out the different reasons. And that was literally the post. <laughs> that was it. That's all we shared. I think people were so interested in it because we were talking about quite taboo things. We were talking... It touched upon mental health and recognising that, you know what? Hey, people do come to work and they're not feeling 100% and have low mood and that's okay and we're, we're allowing that to happen and there were quite polarized opinions around it so some people thought it was a brilliant initiative in that we were talking about these things we were supporting people and people didn't just have to take time off sick if they were struggling and it, you know it's quite it was becoming quite open and then the other view was that we were encouraging people to work when they weren't well enough to work and I was, I'd explained to people when I was kind of commenting on the replies that at ULife it worked, it fit our culture and how we want to support people, how we want to make these um, topics more accessible for people, that we want to remove the stigma and it was okay. If you're not feeling 100%, it's okay. And it reached a global audience with so many different opinions. Uh. I think even now I'm still getting comments and kind of likes on the post maybe six or eight weeks after I posted it. So... Yeah, it was. It generated a, a really, really interesting discussion and debate across 
different countries, different cultures, different industries, different businesses. So yeah, so that was the post. It just gathered a lot of interest. <laughs> so you published on at a very unusual time, Friday evening, which is a yeah. rule breaker, I think, before the weekend. Yeah. When when did you sort of pick up on that there's something happening that was out of the ordinary for compared to the other posts? So I, on, I think it was the Saturday, someone in my team texted me and said, Claire, your post has gone viral. It, it had about a thousand likes on it. I'm like, oh yeah, how has that happened? And I said before, I was typically getting kind of 30 likes, 30, 40, 50 likes. I was like, wow, you know, that's amazing. It's really kind of hit, I, I hit home with people. So yeah, that thousand likes, that's great. We're, we're really kind of influencing people and inspiring people to say, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. And people were saying, this is what I want to introduce in, in my organization. The, kind of, the post went in two waves. The first wave was individuals saying, really like this idea, tagging their business and saying, hey, we should be doing this. <laughs> and then the second wave was those businesses coming back saying, hey, we've implemented this. So you think it's a great idea, a great initiative for us. So yeah, it kind of went in two waves over the kind of next couple of weeks. So you first saw a wave of individuals sort of jumping on that and then a second wave later when companies came back and said, oh, actually, we've done this. Yeah, and people were reaching out to me, messaging, saying, how did you implement this? Do you foresee problems? We really want to introduce it. We're not sure. So they wanted me to kind of guide them through how it could work kind of in practice, in real terms. So yeah, lots of companies did actually introduce it, simply changing a Slack template kind of status. And I think that there was a so lot- did you put together a little guide on how to do this or, sorry? We Did were asking together? questions yeah. in the text, actually. We had um, we had kind of techie questions. I'm not particularly techie. Um, so uh, the IT guy that works at um, New Life, he was answering questions as well, just explaining how you actually do it. It's so simple to do if you're an admin user on Slack. Okay. So yeah, we were, we were kind of supporting people, introducing it to their businesses as well. Give us quickly the numbers. How many likes, comments, views did you get in total? I think last time I looked, it was on about 139,000 likes. 139,000, wow. Yeah, so it Massive. moved on a little bit from the 1,000 likes on Saturday morning. It picked up speed very, very quickly. And I think the reason for that was people were commenting and people were having a discussion in the thread. You know, they people were responding kind of themselves. I didn't kind of really need to get involved too much. And people were sharing. And I, I think, you know, if people feel strongly about something, they will share it with their network. And I think it was the kind of the reposts that really got people kind of that, that spread the, the message and, and influenced the impressions. So I think 2,800 reposts. Wow. Which was amazing. About 1,800 Crazy. comments <laughs> and 10.6 million impressions. 10.6. 10. 10.6. 10.6. Crazy. So how much time did you spend responding, engaging with comments? How many direct messages did you get and all that? They spent like the next couple of weeks all responding or... 
Yeah, I mean, obviously I was doing my day job in between as well. So it wouldn't feel like a huge amount of time because I um, I like spending time on LinkedIn. So it didn't feel like a huge effort. But I did try to respond to every single comment that we had on the post because mm. people were sharing their thoughts and their opinions. So, if, you know, if there's some good discussion and debate, I was definitely getting involved. I don't know how many messages. I'm still getting lots kind <laughs> of, um, of the aftermath of it. But yeah. It made an impression on me, uh, made me feel really positive that we had gone out and inspired people. Actually, it's one of you life's missions, actually, you know, that we, we want to inspire people. So I really feel like we did that. Not intentionally, but I feel like we, <laughs> we have influenced people in a positive way. Yeah. But it sounds like um, your personal motivation sort of aligns with what you uh, life does. Then by default, what you do on LinkedIn is a natural extension of yourself and then what you achieve or the impact that you have done aligns with what you love, what would appreciate. So yeah, I think that's a absolutely. great example of like a great workplace where people are gather around a common shared objective or a common mission. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel aligned to um, kind of the mission and everything that we're, we're trying to achieve. So yeah, I think, I think you're right. So you mentioned you started with uh, 3,000 followers and coming back to the other post, numbers are vanity, but still they're interesting. So you start with the uh, 3,000 followers and then were the posts, you, what, what happened then in terms of like the numbers of followers you have? I think in the first week there were about 9,000 followers and you life saw more followers as well as a result of it, which was you know, hugely positive. So yeah, 9,000 followers in the first week. I think I'm on about 14,500 now. So obviously more, much more visible than I was previously. But yeah, one viral post has had a huge impact on the, the number of followers. What, are, what is the, the number one personal thing that you have taken now looking back that it's uh, six, eight weeks in the past, sort of, you didn't expect this to happen? Obviously, you didn't write with the intention of landing viral posts. You didn't have the least idea that this could happen. So what is the thing that you've taken away having had this experience with this massive inflow of uh, people and questions and uh, having seen the impact that you had with this idea? Yeah, I think key takeaways are probably there is always an audience on LinkedIn. It almost oh. doesn't matter what time you post because it's a global platform. Someone is awake somewhere and on LinkedIn. So really that definitely, it's opened my eyes that there is a global audience for sure. So for me, I mean, it obviously depends who your audience is. I, I don't target specific people in the UK. I just I just kind of post. So um, that's the, the first thing for me. And I continue to post it at random and times that we're not advised to. Um, so yeah, global audience, I think content is really important. So I think the post went viral because it resonated with so many people. It had oh. so many different facets to it, different topics, mental health, well-being at work, all of these different things. So the content had a lot to it. And if it's something that people can really kind of get behind or feel strongly about, then they will share it with their connections. They will repost it. They will take the time to comment, like um, all of that good stuff. So yeah, I think content is is really important. It's like know your audience. What do they that, what yeah. do they want to read? And I think I connect with HR people. So HR people probably wanted to read some of that stuff. So yeah, the content and the global audience are the the key things for me. Cool. Any advice for companies that are concerned with their employees running wild on LinkedIn or 
that maybe even have weird company policies around social media if you count LinkedIn as a social media network. Any any advice, any pointers, what they could do or should do or how they should act with LinkedIn? I think the key thing for me on LinkedIn is being genuine and being authentic. So if you your organization is trying to put restrictions in place, so, you know, parameters around what you can post, what you can't post, when you can post, what time it should be, then you're kind of removing an element of that authenticity and kind of who you are as a person. So, the, you know, these are my personal views for what they're <laughs> worth. I think oh. people, people really connect and resonate with people that are sharing personal stories, that are being themselves, being true to their values. And you can't take that away from people. You, you can't influence that as a business. If someone is, is delivering on those things, give them the freedom to do it. I'm sure most employees aren't going out there to intentionally hurt a company or, you know, say bad things. So I think giving people the freedom to post on LinkedIn, as I have been given the freedom, I think is a really powerful thing. Great. I think I know everything that I wanted to know. So that was cool. Any final message you want to share or encouragement or input, output you want to give to our listeners? Yeah, I think if you are looking to get a viral post, the best thing you can do is be consistent and, you know, post on a regular basis. If you're posting once every couple of weeks, you may not be getting the audience. There's a lot of talk around algorithms and who's being shown what and, you know, all of this good stuff. But I think genuinely building a um, connection with you know, a few people can really help you with your posts because they will comment, they will share, and then your kind of reach will increase. So yeah, consistency and, and build connections is probably a key thing for increasing your following and, and getting the engagements on your posts. I love it. I couldn't have said the better, better consistency and greater posting. I cool. think I post almost daily, to be honest, and that's just because I have lots to say. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely don't post if, if it's not genuine and it's, you know, you're posting for the sake of posting. This, um, yeah, if you, if you feel like you've got something to say, then post as often as you can. I don't know about you, but I feel like the more I post, the easier it is to write something because I feel there's so much more I could write something about. And the beginning was like, oh, what can I say? And definitely. assume other people have a similar experience. Yeah, definitely. If you're worried about what to post, like just post. It's the best thing you can do. Awesome. Then thank you very much for your time and for all your insights on how you take the LinkedIn game. I love that you break all the rules and you're the outlier. All the rules always sound so strict, but um, you know yeah. what I mean. Cool. No worries. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the How I Went Viral podcast. We would love to see your takeaways from this interview. Please visit Simon's profile on LinkedIn and leave a comment or ask a question on one of his LinkedIn posts for this series. If you like the show and want to listen to conversations with LinkedIn influencers, please follow Simon on LinkedIn and subscribe to the company page of Storylux.